We learn in Revelations that we have a lampstand, a light that we shine in the darkness. There is something that God has given us, a voice that is essential to what God is doing as he brings all things under Christ. We have a unique voice. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Sam Parham. I'm the host of this show. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you're on your way to work in the morning, uh, you're doing the dishes, listening to this podcast in your headphones, mowing the lawn, whatever it is that you're doing, we're thankful that you're here. We're thankful that you're engaging with Life Church Canton and what God is doing here. This week's episode of the podcast is the first week of a brand new series that we're calling This Is Us. This is a series about our code. Now, you might not uh, know what that means, um, and that's okay. Um, Nathan's going to explain what our church code is in this message and throughout this series. Um, this first week is about our, our bottom, our base level code statement that says, you belong. Um, and rather than me trying to explain it to you, I think it's, it's best if you just listen to the message. Um, and Nathan does a good job of kind of explaining what the code is why we're doing it, and um, why the basis of it is you belong. So here he is. Enjoy. Welcome to the series, This Is Us. To say that it's been in process for over a year is an understatement. In fact, in January, I told you guys that we would be doing this series, and here we go. Um, many of you are like, I have no idea what's happening. Exciting. Some of you have been waiting for this, and each of you, I think, uh, are going to have a great experience. You, uh, This is your first time. You've never been to church before. This is a great time for you to learn about who we believe that we are and who we are together. If you've been coming back and you've been gone for a while, welcome. I'm so grateful that you are are here and if you've been here for a long time and I love you, um, I love getting to know you and I'm grateful for how God is moving forward. Almost three years ago, some of you, this will be news to you, but almost three years ago, our founding pastor, the founding pastor of Life Church, he moved on to plant churches in the denomination. He's doing really well. And after he moved on, there was an 18-month transition period until I was called uh, to become the lead pastor. And so I've been here for a little over uh, a year, but I remember that about two years ago, right around this time is when I first saw Life Church. And I saw it online because I had seen a job open. And I started to pour over. Have you guys ever like looked up a company that you want to work for and you just pour over it? I watched sermon after sermon. I checked out stuff. I like spied on people. Have you ever done that? Anyone? Yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet. Someone like, I do that to the girls I like. Yeah, we're going to talk. That's a problem. It's called stalking. Uh, but I, I started to really fall in love. And by then I'd, I'd been, you know, six months into the search process and uh, I knew what to look for. I just started to fall in love with this place. I really did. There was only one problem, and it was in Michigan, but I got over that. I really have gotten over it. I'm not sore about that at all anymore. But as I started to look, I really fell in love with this place before I'd even been here. And I started my doctorate around the same time, and so I was assigned shortly after finding out about Life Church a job. And I determined that I would, or a, a, a paper, I was assigned a paper, and I decided to um, do that paper here because the job was this. this. This is the assignment, as I'm getting mixed up here. The assignment was, go to a church you've never been to before. And I'm like, sweet. 
and find out what the culture of that church is by looking at all of the information they have and looking with new eyes. And I decided to do that on Life Church during the interview process. So I am not joking when I say that I am a literal student of the culture here. I got a good grade on the test, so that was good. That was really a good thing. But when I came here, I didn't stop being a student. I started asking a lot of questions. And I'm so grateful to be called here. Um, after you show up at a place, you never know if it's exactly what you experience from the outside. For me, I'm so grateful because it's even better. Like, I just feel like I got the biggest gift from God and the world to be here with you. And so I'm grateful for that. Thank you. And um, today, we're going to share what I, along with the staff and the leadership team, those who are elected by you, have been working on for over a year about our culture before we go any further, I want to explain a few things to you and why this is so important. Did you know that Life Church has a distinctive culture? It does. Life Church here has a distinctive culture. It's important that we understand that. And we understand what a culture is. So a culture is a way of life of a group of people. The behaviors, the beliefs, the values, and the symbols that they accept generally without thinking about them. And that they're passed along by communication and imitation from one generation to the next. There's a culture here over the last 16 plus years that has grown over time. And you may not be able to like point to it and say this is exactly what it is, but it looks like lots of things. It looks like lighting things on fire and blowing things up, right? And shooting arrows and breaking things, right? It, it, it looks like that. It looks like phrases that you may have heard, like inconvenience for the sake of the gospel. It's no, grow, and go. It's real people, real God, real life. It's trunk or treat. It's name tags and baptisms. It's church plants and picnics. It's life kids and life students. It's the way we do lights and music and worship and prayer. And it's even pink bunny suits. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's the fact that every single time we get up here, we invite people to know Jesus. Every single time we give an opportunity for people to follow after Jesus. It's why we're in Haiti. It's why we're involved with Team World Vision. It has a sprinkling of Detroit grit, pure Michigan, and the American Midwest, right? It's just a little bit of flavor of that. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's our vibe. It's our feeling, our mood, our jam, our groove. It's what makes us unique. It started in a backyard, and now we're here. Life Church has a distinctive culture. You know what I'm talking about? Have you felt that? Are you with me? Okay, all right, all right, right. But Life Church also has a unique voice. We have a unique voice. It's not just a culture, it's a voice. It's our part. And it comes um, from Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission, and we read this a lot. If you don't know this verse, I encourage you to get familiar with it. This is what Jesus gave the church as he left. As he ascended into heaven, he looked down at us, the church, and right before that, he says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The mission, the call, the great commission. This is our job. 
Jesus spoke to Peter and says, on you I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And God is doing something through us and then we have a voice. We see in this Bible, this church live out their specific voice and their call over and over again. The Hebrews, the Romans, the church in Philippi, the church in Ephesus and Colossia, each had a unique voice in a unique culture and a unique opportunity. We get to see that, and we have that as well. We learn in Revelations that we have a lampstand, a light that we shine in the darkness. There is something that God has given us, a voice that is essential to what God is doing as he brings all things under Christ. We have a unique voice, and we better know about it. Here's the problem. Culture, vision, this, it leaks. The well isn't always full. Over time, it just kind of leaks and we can forget. Mission drifts, right? Have you ever heard that mission drift? It's when it drifts off the road. We can become distracted by life and circumstances. There's a danger of forgetting who we are and who we have been for the last 16 years by tiny little incremental forget moments. Our voice, we can lose it. We can go hoarse. Did you know that? We can lose the voice. God has placed unique voices in our community, other churches as well, in this city to sing a different kind of song. If you want to take this further, a song of glory, a song of redemption and of joy. And at Life Church, we have a part in that harmony. And if our voice is missing, then, the, then it's incomplete. So we need to learn who we are, and we need to maintain our voice. We need to be able to do what God has called us to do, this grand narrative that God is calling us into. But there's another culture in our community, well, another song, as it were, another dominant imagination, a dominant culture that's working on us. It's, it's the world around us. It's our city and other things, and things that are driven not by what Jesus wants in love, but by fear and hurt and pain. And it's telling us what it believes. And if we don't maintain our voice, it'll start to sound a lot like the people around us. If we're not careful, we'll lose that unique voice of good news, the countercultural voice of the kingdom of God. No, not only that, but if we maintain what has been placed in us by God for the community, our greatest impact, what we can do is still ahead of us if we live into this call. It is God-given and it's spirit-empowered. And in order to go where God wants us to go and continue to be useful for his kingdom, we must grow and maintain a healthy, positive culture so that we can fulfill the mission that we have been given. So as a student of this community, from the moment I came on staff, I kept asking question after question. And with the help of the staff and leadership team and people in the church, we went on this year-long process of narrowing down our voice to six declarations, six statements. And these statements are what we're calling a code. It's code. And before I tell you what a code statement is, I want to define some things so that you know what it is and what it isn't. 
What it isn't is a belief. We have beliefs. And what beliefs are is what we have acknowledged and taught about God, humanity, and salvation. Those aren't changing. The fact that we base everything we have on Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, fully God, fully man, who came down here, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose again, and when he did that, changed the world forever, and only through him can we find connection with God and salvation and eternity with him. That is a belief, and that is never going to change. That's who we are. So it's not a belief. Those will stay the same, and it's not really a value. See, people have value statements, and they're good. Values are attributes we admire or think are important for the church. We we like value welcoming environments. We like being nice people. That's a good thing. But our code, our code is something different. Both beliefs and values and Matthew 28 inform our code, but they're not a code statement. So what is a code statement? A code statement is a declaration. It's a declaration. It's something that you say and you yell and you get excited about. And it does three things. One, it gives meaning to who we have been. See, these things that I'm about to share with you have been there from the very beginning in the backyard and even before that in the heart of what was placed in Alex's heart See, it's what God had for us from the beginning. It gives meaning to what we have been. It gives purpose to who we are now, right? It gives purpose to what we're doing. It helps us understand where we fit and what's happening right now, and it drives us toward who we are becoming. It is a constant. It's a creed. You ever heard of a creed? It's a creed. It's, it's a gritty statement of what will be. It's got some grit to it. And like guardrails, it'll keep us on the road forward through twists and turns and straightaways. A code will drive us forward through the transitions and the changes and the favor of God. It's something we can act on and something that we can measure. It serves as a benchmark, a measuring stick, a a sticky statement, a simple win. But most importantly, it will keep us And that voice, us, not based on little things such as how music is played or what service times we have, but what God has called us to be uniquely. So where is the highway going? Ultimately, a code allows us to keep one thing as the most important thing. One destination that is greater and over anything or any person, any leader, The ultimate goal of this church is to glorify God, which means making God the biggest thing in our life. So whenever I say in just a moment, whatever we talk about, it's all to point to God, not to life, church, not to us, but to God, and say he is the greatest thing, and our lives were meant to worship him and to live for him and for his name to be on our lips We are glorifying God by elevating Jesus. If you haven't listened to the message last week, you need to listen to it. We talked about standing on grace and boasting in glory. We boast in the glory of God. Here's the deal. I believe that you will find yourself in this code, that you'll recognize it, that you'll see yourself inside of it, that you'll be able to point to this and say, this is what it means to be a lifer. This is what it means to be a life church person, a regular attender. This is what it means. I can tell people who we are. 
At the end of this series on October 6th, which is a Sunday, we're actually going to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to ask questions about this, and we'll have a town hall meeting from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll have childcare as well. I encourage you to plan to be there because you'll be able to ask questions on whatever's going on in your mind, but also on this code. We invite every single one of you to mark it on your calendar and to attend to find yourself in this code. So you guys ready? Two of you are ready. The rest of you? Are, you, are you ready to figure out if you like this or not? Yeah, anyone? Okay, all right, all right. I'm gonna show with you, uh, share with you a code statement in just a moment, and it's actually the last code statement. It's the basis. Everything builds on it, and it'll work all the way to the end to the number one thing that we need to do, this code statement, this battle cry, this thing that we're gonna get excited about. It'll allow us to move towards the ultimate goal of glorifying God. But this is the first one. And maybe you've seen it already. You belong. You belong. Don't clap. It's okay. You don't have to clap. It's all good. <laughs> it's just a year's worth of work and all that. No. You're like, I don't know what that means. This is a good deal. This is a good deal. You're like, tell me what it means before I clap. Look, you belong. It's as simple as that. You belong here. This is a place where each one of you belong. Every single one of you belong. No matter if this is your first time or you were in the first meeting, you belong. Broken, imperfect, messy, we all belong here together. This is, this place, these people, us, this is your place. So I want you to get this in your head and your mind and, and taste it, see what it sounds like coming out of your mouth. Turn to the person next to you and say, you belong. Okay, well, that was a good, good, I know it's two words, it's hard. Turn to the person, other person next to you and say, you belong. All right, all right, turn to the, someone in another row. Just kind of yell at them. You belong. Yeah, all right, good. You're getting it, you're getting it. Now, everyone, hold on for a second. I just want you to get it and realize this means you too. So everyone just kind of look down at their, their stomach, their belly, and just, just whisper to yourself, you belong. Go ahead, you belong. You belong. I say, that's awkward, right? That's super awkward. That's true. You belong. Belonging. It's one of the most important human needs in this world. Loneliness is one of the biggest epidemics we have, and it flees when we have a sense of belonging, that we know where we belong, that we have our people. And experiences of greater belongingness result in a life that has more meaning and more purpose. We're finding that this is the truth in our world. Do you know that people are leaving churches in the faith at an astronomical level? They're giving up on it, but at the same time, loneliness is growing at an all-time high. I believe that they're connected, that we're losing our place. We're losing the places where we say that we belong. This code, this statement, it was written all over the church since the very beginning the desire to see people feel welcome and loved is so core to Life Church. Many of you know this. And I want you to know that this is actually truly unique. I've been in a lot of different churches, and I've studied a lot of different churches. And this, this is unique. How you understand this so intrinsically to the very core of who we are, that we just get this, that we just go around and assume that everyone belongs here. This is unique. This is something that has been given to us to carry. 
from living life together. I've experienced this as well. I've had people I've never, ever at any church I've ever ministered at, even though I've been there sometimes for four or five years, never have I ever had the amount of community that I've had here. Where I walk into my house and it won't be weird that random people will just be sitting there talking to my wife, chilling. Like, it's seriously, like, it's weird. Like, I walk in, I'm like, oh, hey, but I love it. I mean, it, seriously, when I first came here, I lived in someone's house for over a month. Not just me, my whole family. They just let me live with them. And it's like a weird tradition. Do you know that the last four pastors that we've hired are living in people's houses? Like they, not now, but like they, they were welcomed in. Daniel, he's, you know, praying over his house. He has a house now. He wants to move out. But every one of them has lived life together. There's this belonging here. You belong. And I want to show you through this series where each of these come from, where this is in the Bible and how God has given us this voice because I think it's so important, not just some phrase that we use, but that it's based in who we were, who we are, and it helps us become who we need to be, but also that it's based in the character of Jesus Christ, the character of who he is. And if it doesn't, it's not worth doing and so I don't need to go any further than John 3.16. John 3.16 and 17 says this. And before I say that, I want you to know that if you belong, you belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. And I want you to understand as we see in the scripture that you belong to Jesus. John 3.16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is what we base everything on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This verse reminds me that Jesus died to save you. And by you, I mean every single one of you in this room. He died to save you. And if you choose him, you're no longer a slave to sin, but you're considered God's children through Jesus, that you've been adopted. You've been adopted into his family. That Jesus, what he did on the cross, he bought you at a price, a huge price, and you were worth it. You are not your own. You belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. Last week, I talked about Romans 1 through 5. I want to talk about it more, but I can't. I can't go back into that sermon, except at the end, it talks about how we will never be put to shame. Hope will never bring us to shame because we have the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts. But then it goes on in verse 6 and 8. It says, you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Grace. We talked about grace, standing on grace. It's this idea that we didn't get what we deserved. We're sinners and we didn't get what we deserved. We got life. Jesus came to give us grace so at Life Church, grace is a guarantee. Let that sink in for a moment. We will stand on grace and we will extend it to others. Why? Because the cost of this grace was so high, it was too high to keep it for ourselves, to keep it from others. We will not get in the way of people experiencing grace and the truth that comes with it. So if you belong to Jesus, 
then you belong to the church, to us. If you belong to Jesus, then you belong to us. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. I'm going to read some excerpts of it. You better go back and read it. It's really good. If you're ever like doubting your role in the church, if you're like, I'm not that great, read this scripture. It's so important, but I want to highlight the first two verses and the last one. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. And to emphasize it, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you has a part in it. Every one of you, if you belong to Jesus, then you belong to his body. And his body is us, the big church and this church. And so if you belong to Jesus, then you belong to us. He is the head. And if you belong to him, you belong to us. No matter who you are, you belong to us. You have a place here. It matters what Jesus did for you. Listen, you matter to him. Did you know that? You matter to Jesus. You matter to him. And if you matter to him, you matter to us. You matter to me. You have significance. You have significance. There's something about you that's good. Your life matters. No matter what you feel, your life matters. You belong to Jesus. And if you belong to Jesus, then you belong to us. In fact, I want you to know this, regardless of what you believe, you belong here. Even if you're not sure about Jesus, if you're not sure if you buy into this, you belong here. Regardless of what you believe, you belong here. You're loved enough that Jesus would die for you. You are chosen by God, and so we also choose you. Many places you have to believe first, and then you have to behave, and then, and only then, can you belong. What do I mean by that? Well, first you have to ascribe to everything that the place you're trying to belong to believes in. Then you have to behave like them. And then and only then will you be accepted and fully and belong and have this oneness with people. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to a gym if you've never been to a gym in your entire life, right? That is like the scariest thing you've ever experienced when you walk to like, what is it going on all here? And why is it purple and yellow in this place? And what's that big lunk alarm on the line? And why are they giving out pizza? This doesn't make sense. That's Planet Fitness, by the way. Y'all know what I'm talking about, too, right? Like, you don't know. And you don't know what those machines call, like are. You don't know the names of it. You came in wearing jeans and Birkenstocks. You don't know what you're doing. You're not wearing the right thing. You're not behaving the right way. You get in the machine, and you're like, does this go like this? And everyone around you is just shaking their head because you're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing, right? Like, that is the most fun you ever have in your life is going to a gym in January and watching all the fools who've never been in there before try to figure it out, right? And if they don't know what they're doing, wearing the right thing, they aren't brought in. They don't belong. Gyms, clubs, sports teams. I could go on and on and on. Most of us had terrible high schools because we never felt like we belonged because we never quite got it all figured out. Do you know what I'm talking about? You guys intrinsically know this. I know this. But first you got to believe and do the right things and then you got to behave and then maybe you'll belong. What would it look like to be something completely different? See, here you belong. 
as you find meaning and security and significance in this place of belonging where we wrap you up and say you belong here wherever you're at, you'll see the love of Jesus in us and you'll open your heart for the very first time. And the time comes we'll begin, you will believe, I believe that. And your life will change. So if you're wrestling with doubt about God and about Jesus right now, you belong here. And I want you to know that there's so much more. There's so much more than what you're experiencing right now. I believe that you'll find purpose in serving God through Jesus Christ. And that you'll find healing as you surrender to being rescued by him. And that you'll find transformation in the truth of what Jesus has for us. And that is our plan and our hope for you. But we know that you have to belong first. You belong here. For everyone who's sitting in this room or comes over this weekend or watches online, you belong here. I don't care how you walked into this room. You belong here. Find the place where you belong. If you come in here, maybe you're giving us one more shot. You're coming to Life Church again, and you want to figure this all out, and you're like, this isn't my cup of tea. As I was able to talk to a woman this weekend who was like, that was impactful, but I'm just not sure that I can handle all this. I love this, but I'm not sure this is for me. And I said, that's okay. Let me talk to you for just a moment, if you could be real. And I said, look, this might be, not be your cup of tea, but you belong. I want to help you find a place where you can serve God, where you can be surrounded by community, where you can invest your time and your talents and you can come alive in community. And I'm partial to this place, but I know that there are other voices in our community that need you and that you need them. And so I want you to know that even if this isn't your place, you do belong. Listen, this isn't my code. It's not. This one, it's so much clear, so clear to me from the very beginning that this was written on the fabric of the heart of what God had for Life Church from the very beginning. This is your co code. This is ours. We made it together, and I want you to be part of it. The world needs our light, and we need to be carriers of the code. And so we need to learn how to extend it to drop whatever is convenient and make others feel loved and chosen, to extend the grace on which we stand to others. And I want you to be open to that. So how can you do this? How can you do this? One, remind yourself that people who look and act differently than you still belong to Jesus. And that seems easy, but that's actually really hard. And I want you to remind yourself and start to think about the people who make you uncomfortable and figure out how they can belong here. I want you to invite people to church and to community because people need this significance in their, their life. Do you understand that? That it's shown right now that if you don't have a place of belonging, you can't actually figure out what significance that you have, that we are not people who can exist on their own, but that we need belonging. And what better place than to belong to people who believe and love Jesus. And finally, we need you to be the kind of people who extend this to others here and part of what Life Church is doing. The way I explain this is this. Be someone's someone for someone. 
Be someone, someone for someone. You're like, what does that mean? Have you ever invited somebody to church before? You ever invited somewhere, somewhere and you're just like hoping that when they show up, they have a good experience? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, you like invite them and you want them to walk in and you want them to experience love and grace. Like you're like hoping that they play the right songs and they don't do something crazy. You might even be like in your mind hoping a certain pastor's preaching. It's okay, you can have your favorite. It doesn't hurt my feelings at all, as long as it's me. Uh, Just kidding. We have three teaching pastors, and I love all of it. It's incredible. But you know what I'm talking about? We're just like, oh gosh, oh gosh, they're finally coming. I've asked them for three years, and I just want them to show up, and I'm going to be there too, but what if everyone else screws up, and oh my gosh, I just want to do that, and I, I have such confidence that this place is great. But then you hear their story if they show up, and someone came and talked to them, and like helped them, and loved them, and you're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you for that person. You could be that person. You could be someone, someone for their someone, for the person that they've been praying for for years, for the person that they've been investing their life in for years, for the person that they've been on their knees praying for God, whether it's a family member who is giving church one more shot. See, there's someone in this room right now, potentially, who's giving church as a whole, not just this church, but church and God one more shot. And they're going to walk away. Could you be someone, someone for someone? See, this is a code. And it says six on here. Why? Because it's the basis. We have six code statements. That's why that number says six. I know. It's crazy. And it builds on everything. Do you understand that if we don't have this, if you don't have you belong, the rest won't matter? The rest won't matter at all. It won't. Because if people don't feel safe, they're never going to go where God wants them to go. If they're not invited into his love, they're going to struggle. They Some do, but they struggle to gain his truth. And if we don't have this, if we don't live into this, people will be hurting. So we want everybody to say, you belong. So as I'm talking about this, and you're, you're absorbing all this, and I know it's like, oh, wow, he just started about a code, and then he threw a code statement at us. I'm not really sure where it's at. I want you to embrace this. And so what I'd love for every single one of you to do is to say this. Say, you belong. You belong. That's good, John. I like that, man. How are you doing? Good, man. (laughs) I want to take you back to the very first time I came to Life Church. I was a student. I was writing papers, and then I came and visited. It was like 14 interviews. It was crazy. It was nuts. But... There was one time where I snuck in here. No one knew I was coming. There were some people on staff who knew, but I came here, and they just wanted me to experience church for the very first time. I was incognito, and I walked in here feeling excited, but also uncertain, a bit out of place. Some of you know what that's like because you're looking for churches or have looked for churches. It's, it's difficult to be in this process. And for me, coming in here so much rested on on whether I felt like this was the right place or whether they felt like it was the right place for me. And so there was a lot going on. And I walked in, it was a crisp morning, and uh, it was in March, and, and I walked in here and I talked to the greeters and they were awesome. And then I went into the cafe and sat down and someone came and talked to me, says, hey, how are you? And just asked question after question in a really loving way. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. But some reason I felt this trepidation of actually walking in here. I was so nervous. I was frustrated. I was worried. I'm like, what? Don't be frustrated. Don't. What's going on? There's this anxiety that was inside of me. 
And I walked in and I walked into the balcony because that's where you go when you're trying to hide from people. I love you, balcony. Praise Jesus. That's why we have it. And I was up there and I was unsettled. And people come and talk to me. They like went out of their way to come talk to me. And like say hi. They don't know. I guarantee you. I talked to them afterwards later. They had no idea who I was. And then there was this one guy, too, who was behind me who was, like, worshiping his pants off. Like, he, you know what I'm talking about? Like, he actually had his clothes on, but he was, like, loud. Like, he's moving. And I started to warm up a little bit. But it was kind of hard. And then this song that I had never heard before. Worship team started singing it. I'm mean, Seriously, I've never heard this song before, which is odd for me. I work in the church. I do this for a living. And I never heard this song before. And the words just started to hit me like a load of bricks, and over and over again, it says, I finally found where I belong. I finally found where I belong. And something inside of me started to lift the frustration, the worry, the hurt, the, and whatever, the past. It's nine months of doing this. I'm tired, and I don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, it just started lifting from me as I listened to the words talking about how I belong to Jesus. I belong in his presence. I belong with him. And this song shifted to a, a, an older song called Better Is One Day at the very end. And it was something I was familiar with. And it was saying, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And the transition surprised me. And I actually want to read an email I wrote the very next day to Pastoral Search Committee. I said this, the transition surprised me. And I was overcome the thought, the worry, the anxiety, and the instant, it went away. Instead of contemplating the idea of where do I belong, I simply, in that moment, belonged. In that moment, in a balcony, in the 815 service, I would belonged. The worship team ministered to me in that moment in a way that I couldn't have understand. I keep getting surprised by how God uses his church to minister to us in our need. It was that moment that I lifted my hands as the weight of the decision ahead of us fell away. I just experienced his presence. If we seek God's presence and his love and we value him above anything else, we will always be in the place where I belong. That's good. Now, what you're seeing here, I want to show you this to you. It's important. So the staff wasn't supposed to, like, talk to me or let me know or let anyone know who I was. But we have someone on our staff. Her name's Sarah, and she's, like, super sneaky and, like, just took a picture of me behind me while I'm worshiping. Look, this is the first time I've ever been here, right? Like, I, I didn't know if this was going to be the place where I led, right? But here's a picture. And if you could read it, it's hard to see. And you know what it says right there? It says, better is one day in your courts. She caught that moment for me. The moment where I felt like I belonged, not just here, but to God. This was my belonging moment, captured for all time by a sneaky staff member named Sarah. was the moment when you knew you belonged can you remember it can you feel it how long did it take it may not have been like mine and happened quickly what if it happened a long time it took a while do you remember that moment 
worship team and the cafe workers and the people around me in the seats, especially that one singing loud, they were my someones. They were the people who helped me feel like I belonged. Be someone, someone. That's what it means. That's what this code means. You belong. If I could say anything to you is this, you belong. I want you more than anything to have that sense, no matter how you came into the room, that you belong here. It's gonna be hard and messy, but so very, very, very good. And maybe you need this moment to feel like you belong. And what we're gonna do in a moment is we're gonna pray. I'm gonna invite people who don't belong to Jesus to belong to Jesus. And then we're gonna worship God and we're gonna sing. But we're going to do things a little differently, and if you're new, you have no idea about this, but I'm going to have people up here who are going to be praying, and instead of waiting to the very end of the gathering, we're going to do it right now, because I believe there's some people in this room who need to be reaffirmed in the fact that they belong, or need to belong for the very first time, and so we're going to stand in a moment, and when we stand, we're going to come down here, some of us, whoever wants to, I'll be down here with some other people as well, and I want to pray for you. I want you to know that you belong. My heart for you is you have the moment that I had over and over and over again. So will you stand with me as we finish? As we go into the next song, I just encourage you, no matter what you need, come down and get prayer right away. We're going to pray through the very end of the gathering, and as long as it takes, if you need that moment, come forward and get prayer. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know that he died for you, if you don't belong to him, I want you to so badly. And so I want to give you that moment to choose him. And how you're going to do that is by simply repeating this prayer out loud or in your heart. And then coming down and getting prayer afterwards. Make that step together with me. So close your eyes for me. And just pray. God, I, I pray that you would allow those who need to make a decision right now to follow you to get prayer. And if they can't do it with me right now, that they would come down and get prayer. And for those in the room as well who are hurting, I need to know that they belong again. I pray they would come down in this next song as well. But for those who want to make a decision, I, I pray that you would repeat after me out louder in your heart that you have a conversation with God. And you'd say whatever you need to say to him, but repeat after me out louder in your heart. God, I'm broken. God, I need you. I believe that Jesus did die for me. Not to condemn me, but to save me. To save me from myself and this brokenness, to help give me a sense of belonging, to bring me into his family, to follow him with my life. And so I choose him today. I choose that. I choose belonging. I choose him. And I will follow him the rest of my days. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more information about Life Church Canton or other churches in the Life Church Network, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org or fill out the form linked in the show notes below, and someone from the church will reach out to you with more information. If you came to Life Church for the first time this past weekend, we would love to know about it. 
We believe that life isn't meant to be lived in isolation, but we want to connect with you and learn to live like Jesus in community together. If you want to email the show, you can do that at podcast at lifechurchcanton.org. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Once again, my name is Sam Parham, and you've been listening to the Life Church Canton podcast. Have a great week, everybody.